Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name's Charlie. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, especially if you're reading my new book, Crucify My Love, or if you're reading my kind of new book, The Chain, which is available over on Wattpad as I'm doing the rewrites over there. Hi, how you doing? So, uh, Remember when I said that I might be starting a podcast that's exclusively about Star Trek? Yeah, I did it. And I'd like to talk about that and why and some other things about it on today's episode of Project Shadow. But before we do, if you haven't already, please take a moment to rate and review this podcast in whatever app you're listening to me on. It really does help out a lot. It tells the algorithm to share the podcast with more people. The more people that listen, the better chance we have of building a community. And I'll tell you right now, that's why I do this, to connect with other people who like talking about all these crazy things. So without further ado, let's talk about Band from Argo, my new exclusively about Star Trek podcast. Access denied. You have been banned from Argo. Space, the final frontier. You have been banned from Argo. Space, the final frontier. To boldly go where no man, no one has gone before. You have been banned from Argo. So, yeah, that's the uh, Very Me theme music that I did for the new show. And... It, it kind of expresses everything that I wanted, and I kind of wanted to talk about it. So, yeah. All right. Now, the name of the show, Band from Argo, comes from a song. I, I'm going to credit Leslie Fish for it. It may be a Bob Konevsky song, because so many Filk songs are secretly Bob Konevsky songs. But I do believe Leslie Fish wrote it. And it's kind of, it is the free bird of the Filk world. Filk, if you're not familiar with it is uh, sci-fi fantasy fandom um, folk music. Band from Argo kind of takes the story of when Scotty and the crew of the USS Enterprise went to Argo for a little bit of R&R and takes it to its most ridiculous, ridiculous place where they get into all kinds of shenanigans and do all kinds of rowdy and rascally things to the point where they're now banned from Argo everyone. They're not allowed to return, and it's a great, great funny and hilarious song. If you search the YouTubes, you should be able to find a version of it. My two favorites are either by Leslie Fish or by um, um, Kathy Marr did a version of it that I rather enjoy. But yeah, it, it is the free bird of the folk world. And 
When I started thinking about doing a podcast exclusively about Star Trek, I, I just knew that it had to be banned from Argo. It just that had to be the name of it, and it is. And now you're in on the joke, because I don't know how many people are going to be, but now you know. Now, the theme music that I did, I had thought about contacting Leslie, because I have a very fleeting, light, slight relationship there, or Kathy Marr, and asking to use one of their versions of the song. And I decided against that because I I wanted it I wanted the podcast to have a much more Star Trek-y sound to it when you first got in. And so that's what I tried to do here. You notice the kind of symphonic score that we begin with that kind of sounds like the opening credits to a Star Trek episode very pomp and circumstancy that slowly breaks down into a track that's honestly a bit more me and to be honest was actually the original theme that I had done a much longer version that with the chimes and everything they got cut down for this but I I, I don't know the going from kind of the expected Star Trekky symphonic opening into kind of I don't know this kind of house techno version. I, I I think in musical form that tells you everything that you need to know about me, including the little creepy baby doll voice at the end with the "You have been banned from Argo." It it sets you up like if this isn't something for you, then you probably won't like me. It's one of the reasons why I insist on doing my own theme music for these podcasts, because, you know, I, I did the song at the beginning of Project Shadow, um, actually both of them, the including the, what I call the devil version that I use. That's actually for a song that came out on the one and only album I ever put out a long time ago that I don't think is available anywhere anymore. The song is called uh, Oblivion. But yeah. I am so happy. I'm so excited. And I'm glad that I did this. Our first episode was actually a request episode I put out on Twitter that I was thinking about doing this and asked if anybody had any suggestions. And much to my surprise, somebody did. And I was able to start the podcast the way I'm hoping that it continues on by involving the audience. So I'm I don't know. I'm trying not to make this all like a I'm so happy, I'm so excited kind of show because I, to me there's a reason for this. And it's not that I don't get to sit in a room with all of the fans that keep the heat away turned off for an extended period of time while the animals look at me like, why are you talking to yourself? It's not that I don't get to do that enough because between this and the spiritual podcast that I do, I'm already recording 10 episodes a week. Now, the reason I wanted to do this, the reason I wanted to do a Star Trek podcast is the general reason that I always give that I think it'd be fun. And because I find it very difficult not making this an almost exclusively podcast, an exclusively Star Trek podcast. Fandom is a weird and fickle thing. 
and Star Trek being one of my first loves, it's one of the things that I want to talk about all the time. And I can talk about crazy minutiae because I think about crazy minutiae. And even though I do this daily podcast, I could seriously probably do every episode about something Star Trek related and not run out of topics for a very long time. But I want this show to be about other things too. And so to get all of that off of my chest and out into the world where it wants to be, I've started this show. The other reason is, I, and I always hate saying this, but one of, one of the other reasons why I do these podcasts is because I listen to a lot of podcasts and there are various niches that I just can't find what I'm looking for in. And so I got to the place where if I can't find it for me, then maybe I just need to do that. And while there are some Star Trek podcasts that I do enjoy listening to, they are all that I, everyone that I know of, unless there's somebody living on the DL hosted by cisgendered heterosexual people. And um, with maybe one exception, I think one of the shows I listen to has a gay host, I think. Um, but I'm, that it never factors into the show. And that's why I say that I think. Because while I don't think or believe that everything has to be seen through a queer lens, because of the sheer volume of my queerness, I can't help but do that. There's nothing that I can look at, that I can watch, that I can read without having my own concepts of gender and sexuality and everything play into it. And so I want to hear that in the analysis that I encounter. And that's something that is remarkably absent when it comes to talking about Star Trek. And I, I want to I, I want to go to there. So I'm going to make it because gender studies and queer studies and all of the things that go into looking at things from the point of view and perspective of various, you know, genders and sexualities, it matters, especially in a show that until discovery had not embraced any real LGBTQ anything. So Star Trek has always had a problem with this one thing, and it's it's something that really bothers me. One of the core concepts, and I discussed this on the first episode of Band from Argo, that Star Trek is built on is this idea of EDIC, I-D-I-C, infinite diversity and infinite combination, that this is the heart of Star Trek. This is one of the things that is constantly put at the core of the series until J.J. Abrams did his reboot. And <sighs> then we have Alex Kurtzman's de- thing. And the thing is, they really feel like they're embracing the diversity because 
look at that. We have a black female lead who's not the captain. And we have a couple white characters and we have some alien characters. And look, we even have gay characters that we're going to trope one to death. But don't worry, in season two, we'll bring them back because we're not monsters. Because, of course, we were planning on doing that all along. And it's not just because of the fan outrage, which seemed to be the guiding principle in writing all of season two. Because, really, guys? Really? But this is the problem. The show, I, I get this feeling that Star Trek doesn't want to be seen as liberal. Because that word in the late 90s, in the mid 90s, and starting in the 80s, got a bad connotation to it. So you see, by the time you get to Voyager and Enterprise, they're tiptoeing around issues that earlier iterations of Star Trek, be it Deep Space Nine or The Next Generation or the original series, would have just tackled face on and declared a right and a wrong. It would have taken the side of diversity. It would have taken the side of the little guy. It would have taken the side that is best, as Spock says in that wonderful moment in The Wrath of Khan when he sacrifices himself for the crew, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. And these have always been ideas and ideals that were core to Star Trek. But as the series has continued to chase the almighty dollar, well, we don't want to be seen necessarily as the liberal show. So we'll just kind of not really do that anymore. And because J.J. Abrams thought the show was too philosophical and he didn't really like it because it was too much of a sci-fi thing, his reboot cleaned all of that out of the series. And you can see when it comes to Star Trek Beyond, the desperate attempt to put some of that back in. But of course, Simon Pegg's original script was rejected and forced through edits because it was too Star Trek to be made into a movie. You know, a Star Trek movie. Yeah. And then by the time you get to Discovery, all of the politics were beaten out of the show. And that is a problem. You can kind of do non-political Star Wars. Because Star Wars basically has one thing at its heart, and that's that the characters that we follow and that we see as heroes are generally speaking anti-authoritarian. There shouldn't be authoritarian powers in charge. But, you know, what they want to put in their place is just kind of left open because after all, one of them's a princess and another is an elected queen. And that's the world that we have. But Star Wars doesn't go deep into a lot of these political thoughts. Star Trek, on the other hand, always did. Its whole point and purpose was to show a world, a future world, where people could get over some of their basic vices. And it would do this not by changing the nature of people, but by changing the nature of the world. Scarcity, hunger, homelessness, 
these were eradicated. And that changes everything. That changes the calculations that you have over what kind of a life you want to leave. Now, even the original series still had its Fenton hardcore mud. mud. Can't believe I mispronounced mud. <laughs> so people could still be greedy because that doesn't necessarily change the nature of people. But he didn't have to steal to get by because poverty, hunger, all of that had been eradicated because, well, with replicators and food synthesizers, which existed during the f period of the original series, well, if you need it, just make it, just get it. There's no cost. There's no additional cost to doing it. Energy is virtually free in the world of Star Trek, which is why we very rarely, with the exception of Voyager, talk about fuel. We don't worry about where we're going to get our dilithium from. And yes, I know there's the whole Journey to Babel episode where Cordon is going to be admitted and the thing that makes them important is because they have dilithium. And, of course, in Discovery, they added in a whole system that understands how to recrystallize dilithium, which, of course, becomes very important by the time of the next generation. But fuel is not really a concern. Power is essentially free, and since we can do energy-to-matter replication, that makes everything else virtually free. And that kind of a world is one to look forward to and ask ourselves, what would it be like if there wasn't poverty, if there wasn't hunger, if there wasn't scarcity? What would a post-scarcity world look like? And that's an inherently political, political question. Especially in a show like Star Trek. And the questions of gender and sexuality don't get answered simply by saying, oh, look, we have a gay one now. Aren't we good? And while I love Paul Stamets, that, that, that doesn't make us all good. That doesn't. That's not how that works. That's not how any of that works. You actually have to put thought into the stories and into the characters. And because there's so much that I want to say. Because Star Trek was always about being the best that we can be. It was something to look up to. It was goals that we could set for ourselves, that we could learn to rein in our darker, more basic instincts and try to find a way to solve things through diplomacy and discussion rather than violence. But a lot of that's going away. Because, you know, violence is so much more entertaining to watch. And to make it feel more Star Trek-y, we're just going to take away the ability for the opposing side to actually be negotiated with. And there's so many missed opportunities there. The, religious, the Klingon religious extremists could have been a fascinating subplot. It could have been an interesting way to examine a lot of things that are going on in our own world. But, oh, we're not going to do that. So that's some of the stuff that we're going to be doing on Band from Argo, is going there. 
Well, I'm not going to be writing and producing fan fiction for the most part. I still might do that. I have an idea to maybe do a couple of episodes that are full cast readings of some fan fan fiction. I don't know if I'm going to or not, but we'll see. But we need to examine these things. And part of what I'm going to be doing is giving alternate readings and alternate takes. How could it have been done differently? How can we tell better stories? How can Star Trek be better because it is supposed to be about the best of us? So please join me over there. Just look for Band from Argo in your favorite app. Hopefully it's there. It's slowly rolling out. I will be putting announcements on my Twitter as it shows up in each directory. You can also go to bandfromargo.com. That should take you to the landing page where I'll have links to everywhere that it's available. Yeah. I'm very excited if you can't tell. Alrighty, if you did enjoy this episode and you haven't already, please do rate it in whatever app you're listening to me on. It really does help out a lot. If you are going to be in the Maryland area on, what is it, the 16th? Oh, I was off. If you're going to be in the Maryland area, July 12th through 14th, I will be at the Shoreleave Convention, which will be just north of Baltimore in Hunt Valley, Maryland at the Delta Hotels Baltimore. You can find out more at shore-leave.com. I would love to meet you there. I'm going to be doing some panels. Can you believe that they're going to be on LGBT issues? For the most part. Hopefully I also get on the following, on the, um, a couple others. I'm not going to say what they are in case I don't get on them because I don't want to get your hopes up. Well, let's be honest. I don't want to get my hopes up. There's going to be a lot of fun people there. I'm excited. I love this convention. I've been going since Shore Leave 10. This is Shore Leave 41. I'm old. If you've got a buck you can throw my way to help me get to conventions around the country and everything else that I do, down in the show notes, you'll find a link to both my Patreon and the community support page. The difference between the two is Patreon, the people there occasionally get stuff, and everybody gets my eternal gratitude for helping me continue to do the things that I love to do and get to go and meet you all in real life. If you don't have the money right now or you don't feel like giving, that's fine. That's 100% okay. But if you know somebody you think would like this podcast, please do share it with them. It helps out a lot. It's so important. Um, You can hit me up with a question either using the voice message system, which you can find a link to in the show notes, or you can hit me up on Twitter or Instagram as C.E. Dorset. I'm that on both. And you can find links to everything that I do over at ProjectShadow.com, which is going to be getting like a whole facelift soonish. I have a lot to do before the trip, so I don't know when the new site's going to roll out, but there's the old one there now. Until next time, don't forget, have the fun. Bye.